Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Hey everyone, we have been discussing some pretty heavy topics this season, and while I was researching the Halloween episode, I felt a little bit of what I would like to call activism burnout, which I looked up and is actually a thing. First described by Pogrebin in 1994, activist burnout is when the stressors of activism become so overwhelming that they debilitate activists' abilities to remain engaged as a formidable threat to the sustainability of social movements. And that is perfectly describing what I've been feeling the past couple of weeks. There are so many topics that I think are very important that I want to cover, but because of this burnout and the fact that I also don't want all the episodes to be bummers, I have decided to cover a new kind of topic that will be much more lighthearted than the topic that was pre-planned for this week, which was mental illness in our partners and what it implicates for us, which is the epitome of a heavy topic. No worries, I will cover that at a later date, but for now, let's have a little bit of silly, goofy fun talking about the idea of the one... Hey everyone! Before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much, and enjoy this episode. Is it true that there is a person out there that is meant to be a perfect match that you're destined to be with? When thinking about this theory, you might think of the word soulmate or maybe even twin flame. A new age of something called modern spiritualism has solidified these terms for most young people and has been used to define the types of relationships one can have. It comes from the belief that some people are meant to be in your life by a force bigger than all of us that brings you together. Two people destined or fated to unite at one point in their lives. Because this is a belief and not something that can be scientifically proven, for now, there are many definitions of it depending on who you ask. I will share the most common notions on these topics and let me know what you guys think. Soulmates are defined as a connection between two individuals with different souls, sometimes called kindred spirits, who respect each other, are in alignment with each other, and share unconditional love with each other. Now, most people agree that soulmates don't have to be romantic. They can be friends, family, or even pets. Under this concept, I found what some people call divine partnerships, which is the leveled up version of soulmates where two people are more in sync with each other and have each other's well-being in mind, not just their own. On the other hand, karmic soulmates are supposedly people that will keep coming into your life until you learn a lesson. These can be described as difficult, trying, and exhausting if the lesson is not being learned. I mean, on one hand, 
Yes, this psychologically makes some sense, but it seems a bit romanticized to me to call a toxic relationship a karmic soulmate, even if it is supposed to be understood that it's not necessarily a good thing. They're called karmic because they help, quote, teach you spiritual lessons and help you pay your karma in this process of being a human on earth. Twin flames, on the other hand, are described to be two halves of one soul. They are still two complete individuals called mirror souls because they were split before coming to earth. Through this mirroring, it's claimed that people have deep connections because of their similar shared experiences. I had no idea that this was as controversial as it is until I began researching for this episode. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised that people have taken these concepts and twisted them for personal gain and power. From making cults based around this topic to selling products or services to ensure that this connection comes your way. Unfortunately, this concept has now become associated with toxic beliefs. These have also been described as karmic relationships, and throughout all the pages I read about them, the idea that they are difficult relationships was mentioned over and over again due to the fact that being so similar makes these two people not so compatible. Yet, a twin flame relationship is meant to be one of the strongest connections you have with a person, so with this belief, some people may not be able to tell the difference between a true healthy connection and an abusive or codependent relationship. While most people say that it will be romantic, others say that a twin flame could be not romantic. There has also been a big discussion on whether or not everyone has them. The folklore around these goes far, detailing stories of past lives, Greek mythology, spirituality, and more. But believing in the one doesn't mean you have to subscribe to these ideas. Every time the question of how do you know when you found them comes up, the answer is always the same. An overpowering feeling of knowing. Some describe it as a feeling like you've known them for much longer than you actually have, or the feeling of ease and comfort you get when you're around them. Others say that the communication is effortless and so in sync it's nonverbal, the closest thing we can get to telepathy. Whether or not you believe in soulmates, twin flames, or just having a single person out there destined to be with you, it is quite a comforting feeling. I mean, how romantic to have someone finally destined to be with you come and sweep you off your feet, rescuing you from the world. We are currently living in the midst of a loneliness epidemic that only became worse after the COVID pandemic. Ideas like this can be quite reassuring that there is both little work that needs to be done on our part, thanks to fate, and that no matter what we do, we're always going to be worthy of having someone at the end of the day because it was written that way. It takes the pressure off us enormously to put in the work of finding someone and the effort needed to nurture and cherish a relationship. These thoughts also bring up the questions, could we really be able to tell if this person came into our lives? What happens if we're at the point where we don't know what we want or if we're already with someone else? 
Are these phrases and ideals just a way for us to categorize our attraction towards other people to make them seem more secure? Does putting such a strict label on a connection doom it due to the standards it's expected to meet? Should we really believe in these concepts or do they end up hurting us even more? But you guys know me, I couldn't help myself researching what science can tell us about these things, especially after especially after having this rush of questions. First off, intense instant connections in romantic partners definitely do exist. Psychologist Rachel Allen says, quote, many relationships that feel instantly intense are the byproduct of trauma bonds and unhealthy attachment styles due to early life relational trauma, not due to a spiritual bond that improves with time, end quote. A lot of these feelings can also be related back to what we spoke about last week, which is motivational salience, meaning that the experiences that you have lived have uniquely shaped your brain into categorizing what is important and what stands out versus what is not. In 2011, a poll was taken that asked U.S. Americans whether or not they believed in soulmates. 73% answered yes, with surprisingly more men, 74%, believing in them than women, 71%. A very popular article by Raymond Nee, published in 1998, coined two terms that are still widely used today by psychologists. These are destiny beliefs and growth beliefs. Destiny beliefs are when you think that you're destined to be with a specific person, saying things like, I have a soulmate, I have one person who is meant for me. Growth beliefs, on the other hand, have thoughts such as, relationships progress slowly and we grow to fit together. Relationships take effort. You can build love. Nee suggested that these two frames of thought greatly impacted the relationships these people carried because the destiny believers had the idea that once they found that person, the relationship would be smooth sailing and easy. On the other hand, growth believers go into relationships assuming they will need to get to know each other and grow together through shared experiences. The relationships aren't meant to be, but rather are made to be. Due to confirmation bias, if things don't go that way, destiny believers can find themselves asking questions like, is this my person? Can I do better? Is this the best that I can do? Is this it? While growth believers will ask questions like, are we a good fit? How can I be a better partner? How can we get closer? What can I do to make this better? So the takeaway from these findings is that if you believe that there is only one person for you, you are more likely to spend energy and time looking for that person instead of cultivating existing relationships. If relationships are either destined to be or not, there is little room to approach problems with flexibility and openness to change. However, people with growth beliefs generally expect that challenges will arise and their relationships will grow as they address those challenges together. An article described these really well, saying, Destiny believers have passionate, intense, fiery short-term relationships, but oftentimes become disillusioned and frustrated when something inevitably goes wrong. They believe in deal-breakers and are constantly looking for the perfect person. They often view compromise as settling. When something negative happens in the relationship, they think, Better move on and find my person. Growth believers take a bit longer to commit. 
Even early in the relationship, they are motivated to find solutions, compromise, or explore new ideas. They often view compromising as growth. When something negative happens in the relationship, they think, better work this out. As with everything, though, there, of course, can be a mix of both. Through a diagram, Nee explains the dynamics of low-destiny beliefs with high-growth beliefs or even high-destiny beliefs with high-growth beliefs, which for now may be the category that I fall into. So, to soulmate or not to soulmate. Ultimately, there are many things to think about and consider when choosing a partner. That much is obvious. But whether or not you want to believe in the one and actively pursue it is extremely personal. There are a few key things that experts suggest. Number one, and the most important, is that you don't end up justifying being in an unhealthy relationship or even an abusive one with the label of soulmates or twin flames. You should also ask yourself what kind of patterns you have recognized in past relationships. Have deal breakers overcome you? Do you flee the moment you hit a bump in the road? Are you dating the same person over and over again? Of course, we still must learn from past problems and challenges. We can use those lessons to establish real deal breakers that help us find someone we are compatible with, but with the flexibility of allowing ourselves to explore different people. Flexibility and growth are signs of strength and intelligence. One article said, quote, The strongest people are sure enough in their own values and beliefs that compromise becomes a gift. Another described it as, Once you have a partner who gives you that sense of ease and comfort, try not to obsess whether they fit every characteristic you imagined your partner would have. Are they not as tall as you imagined? Ignore it. Do they come from a different kind of family background? Talk it through. Do they not share all your interests? It's probably fine. The biggest thing is to find balanced discernment between unrealistic ideals and knowing that you cannot fix someone. Thinking that the personification of perfection is going to fall in your life and getting into a relationship with a desire to morph the other person into what you want them to be because you have the idea that all relationships are hard are both extremes. This is a skill that cannot be taught but rather self-reflected. So it takes time and a great understanding of both oneself and the world around them. The constant assessment of having standards while being open to new people. And it's not an easy undertaking. I mean, if we were good at this, then almost everyone would be in a healthy, happy relationship. So let me know what you guys think. Do you or do you not believe in soulmates? And with that, we arrive at Ask Me Anything, the ending segment of the podcast where you can ask me absolutely anything. If you want to ask or send in a question, you can do so by sending in an email at girlwisepod at gmail.com. Today's question is, what do you want for Christmas this year? Thank you so much for your question. And uh, this is my chance for me to put it out into the universe to speak the things that I want because... I really want these things this year. I don't think I'm asking for much. (laughs) So I think the number one thing that I want that I've been asking all year for is an iPad. I would be literally become unstoppable with an iPad. It is the one thing (laughs) that I need to rule the world. So yeah, an iPad. 
Um, and then I just want, you know, small things. I also really want the tea leaf oracle deck. I think it's so cool and cute and I really would like to use it. And then just small things like just pajamas, socks, pants, sweatpants, and that's pretty much it. Happiness and healthiness to all. <laughs> so yeah, what are you guys' wish lists this year? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that all of the references are in the show notes. So if you want to check them out, you absolutely can. And I will see you in the next episode, you guys. Bye!